Vanessa, I think this is a big scoop that we have. This is a big deal. I mean, oh, how exciting. A, we've never had a gold Logie, but I'm not sure if he takes it seriously, his gold Logie, but we've never had a gold Logie winner on this uh, series yet. So uh, for people who are overseas, the gold Logie is pretty much the equivalent to a uh, <laughs> an it's Emmy It's bigger award. than your netball. It's bigger than your netball <laughs> trophy that you got for just participating. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah, but it is. It. I guess it's a t- TV. Logies is to do with TV, nothing else. So the Emmy Awards in the, in the US is TV. I think the is it, are you explaining it for our international yes, 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 audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do know that this is where our listeners are. Um, I, th- I think we get listeners overseas because the name of the show. Because obviously in America they've got the West Coast, the East Coast. So having and a they show think we're from the there. Show, yeah, yeah, and they tune in accidentally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just try an American accent? <laughs> I am the worst. I can't do any accents. Go on, try one. Just no, try I'm one. not. No, I'm not even doing it. No. Come on, you can. No, I can't even. I can't because <laughs> I get confu- I get way too confused. There's, there's so many American accents too. That's the hardest thing. Like when you when you do the acting side of things, you got to, I think, uh, go down the path of a standard American accent. So it's just almost. It's so soft you wouldn't even know it. Well, and they yeah, accents on TV I aren't like you real. You started accents. to do that then, Vanessa. You started <laughs> to go wow. You sound like you're from Texas. Uh, Pop your country rider, music rider, ha- country yeah. hat on. Uh, damn, yeah, I'm from Texas. <laughs> God damn, boy. And if anyone would like to book Darren Sanders, he is available. <laughs> available for points. He's very available. He's hey. so available. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this chat with Tom. Are you in a motel room, Tom? Yes, yes, I'm in a hotel room in, uh, in Cairns. Oh, are you? Road. Yeah, unless... I was at home and I've got an extremely generic kitchen. I know. It's a bit bland, isn't it? I'm in one in Rockhampton, which is (laughs) very similar if I turn the camera. (laughs) I'm downstairs in my house. It looks exactly the same as a hotel. I know. Yours isn't. (laughs) You look like you're away doing a gig. (laughs) Only your hotel looks nicer, Darren. (laughs) You look like you're you've just got a, you're in a bar. Um, You've just got wine glasses and a, coffee machine yeah <laughs> geez you must no. be doing all right hang on that looks like a, one of those cheap hotels i thought you'd be staying now at like the the, the mirage or, i don't know what's up that way now is, there, <laughs> is that still a thing the mirage hotel or is that all gone I, I think it might still be up towards port douglas yeah i'm not sure i haven't been there for a while i'm at one of these i'm at one of these trendy hotels where your um where your key is made of wood <laughs> but it's a small key though that's cool yeah remember the hotels you used to get where the the key the wooden key ring that was attached to it was about the size of your leg yeah yeah that's where i am <laughs> i don't know where my key is but that's yeah i can find out when i'm drunk it's right at the top of my handbag every time it's perfect what are you doing in cans tom oh i'm doing uh, a live version of hard quiz so it's hard quiz live it's the first show um, on the regional tour that I'm doing. And it, the reason why it was a bit exciting last night was because I did a segment on the ABC called Go Away, which was like Getaway, uh, but I recommended places that people never visit. And I did Kalgoorlie, Byron Bay, Tamworth, Launceston. Anyway, Cairns took it really personally to the point where I was on the front page of the Cairns Post and it said, Gleeson is an unfunny drongo and it's not welcome back. <laughs> so this, 
So last night was the first time I've done a gig in Cairns since all that controversy. So it was very, very exciting. <laughs> they turned up still, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was an easy opening to the show because I started by saying that Cairns was perfect and uh, beyond criticism and I couldn't pick any faults with it. It seemed so lovely everywhere I looked. Things were fantastic and there were no jokes to be made about Cairns. <laughs> and they let you back in? They were They were happy to have you? Yeah, but to be fair, it's probably the only show on the tour that didn't sell out completely. So there might still be a lingering after effect all these years later. <laughs> That's classic. What one did you have a winner for the the best shit town? Um, we didn't actually do it wasn't a competition, it was just a sketch. Yeah. So I was just going around paying out places and well but what I did do was I also did one on Melbourne and I did one on Sydney. So to begin the show last night, I showed the crowd Go Away Melbourne where I paid out Melbourne to remind them that maybe they were part of a larger joke. Yeah, yeah. Soften it up. And you're from Romsey. Yeah. How long, how right. long have you lived in Romsey? Um, I've lived there for, oh, it's a while now, 14 years. Yeah, about 14. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. from Kyneton originally. Oh, yeah. So I always think it's weird when people move to those places on purpose. <laughs> no offence. But, you know, when you move away and then you're yeah. like, oh, that's weird living there. It's such a country. Yeah. I, I mean, I suppose Romsey's almost a suburb of Melbourne practically, isn't it? It's just down the road oh, now. It's still about an hour out of Melbourne. But I, where I grew up, the town, the closest town to me had 100 people in it. So Romsey has 5,000. That still seems pretty big to me. So I moved there because it was an hour out of town and, you could get a house that costs fuck all. So not because I'm doing well, just because I bought a really cheap house. You're a tight ass. Sports <laughs> stars do that. They want sports stars, yeah. start, you know, mainly when they retire. You're not retired, though. But uh, <laughs> but they always go live in those places, not to get accosted anymore or not to be hounded by press or media. But um, I don't think that bothers you, don't, does it? I think you're, you're lapping that up. Yeah, I, well... Not laughing about, it up, but you know, you, you're using yeah. it to your advantage. It's not, it's not yeah, a bad. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I. The good thing about Romsey is I've lived there so long that uh, no one gives a shit. So, I think when I won the gold logie, there was a bit of excitement at the bakery, but then that's <laughs> half <laughs> price donuts. Little, little gingerbread man in the shape of a logie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like because I've been around there so long, they um in fact it's funny, if I haven't done any TV for a while, they worry about me. They're like, Oh, I haven't seen you on TV for a while. Is everything okay? It's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, just, I've been doing other gigs, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. What you're finding with the with the regional tour with your with the hard quiz one compared to the cities, um did you did when you were starting comedy, were you doing regional gigs as as comedy tours as well then? Or because uh, I, I used to always with like, radio. Um, yeah, I used to like comedy. getting out of town all the time, but I, not to do my own shows. I just go out and do. Um, if, if if ever I could do a club date in Newcastle or Canberra, I'd be really happy to do it. When I started in Sydney, because I always found country audiences um, just a bit less cynical and just a bit more. I don't know. They just just seem to be. They're more likely to have a good time. They're just happy to have a good time. They're like, oh, we're here for a good time. Let's have a good time and muck in. Like there wasn't any kind of, oh, well, will this be good or not that you would sometimes get in the city, I found. I think they still like that now. 
um, mainly because they're not woke yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I like, I mean, the, the regional shows are really fun for this tour because I get contestants out of the audience to play the hard quiz game. Um, but the interesting thing is, like, when I did the Enmore Theatre in Sydney, like, there are just too many people to choose from. Everyone's putting their hand up and, it, and you, I, I only can pick four out of, like, one and a half thousand people, so you've got to choose them. But in a country town, even Cairns, I mean, it's a city, but even somewhere like Cairns, people are a little bit more reluctant because everyone knows everyone else. So there is a source of embarrassment if you're on stage. Everyone, in, they, There's a feeling that the whole town has seen you made a fool of yourself, whereas in the cities, people feel a bit more anonymous. It's probably a lot more touristy up there too. So, you know, when you're saying the numbers were down there, that could <laughs> be reflective of the, the type of town it is. Yeah, yeah, to some degree, yeah, I guess. And backpackers but don't have the money to go out to a show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've noticed, uh, I, I just went for a walk this morning and there are a lot of, every cafe has a really good deal. Like uh, I saw a $12 taco night. Every every, every single outlet is, is saying, backpackers, come in for a snack, you know, <laughs> $5 beers and whatnot. That's yeah. what they are now. Oh, $5 beers, man. They're about to go up to you. Like they're $14 or something you know, on a schooner they're talking about. That's insane, yeah, yeah. isn't it? And, and I haven't gone out for that long. This is how long I haven't gone out for. I still <laughs> go out thinking beers are like $6. Aren't you getting tax-free? You'd be getting tax-free beers on the cruises, though, Darren. Oh, we won't talk about the beers on there. you still got um, your calculator out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get crew prices, don't you, on the cruises? It depends. Some some you do, some you don't. They, they vary a lot between... um cruise lines, whether you can go to crew areas and or upstairs and public areas. and uh, well, on, one recent, on one recently, it was that bad. My girlfriend and I would say, can we get the drinks package? <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? Does that mean no food? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the um, cruises, though, I always like going, they always would promise uh, that you could go down to the crew bar and the crew bar was particularly cheap if you went down there. Yeah. But, at the, but the, the bad thing about going to the crew bar was that everyone drank there like it was cheap. So it was just always a bit heavy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a bit yeah. sloppy. A bit desperate, yeah. And also, <laughs> it's people drinking away the depression of their work. It's not yeah. like the, it doesn't have the frivolity of where the passengers are. Yeah, I had to drink out of plastic in Rockhampton last night at like 7 p.m. on a on a Thursday. They still made me drink out of plastic at a theatre. <laughs> <laughs> so it's classy here. 7 p.m., that's fair enough. 7 p.m., there's a lot of places that I've found that now you do drink, you know, early in, in those places or even, even up where we are now on the Central Coast. Dr- drinking out of plastic? No, no. Oh, no, but that's just a... That's just a oh, I'll island, drink any time of the day. Don't worry there. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. It's early drinking and everyone's in bed by nine, so the drinking starts at three in the afternoon. That's why. I reckon yeah. that's the greatest uh, idea, though. Day drinking is the best, isn't it? Get a good eight-hour sleep. Done. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the term day drinking. It sounds judgmental. I prefer to call it drinking. Drinking, it's, yeah, yeah. It's all drinking. In, you can do it whenever. I don't. In the I light. Don't, yeah, I don't like. <laughs> Are you a big drinker, Tom? Yeah, I drink quite a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan at the moment of uh, starting drinking at lunch. I don't really do big. Nights. I don't like calling it that. <laughs> yeah, I like. So we have like, if if we have a social engagement, we prefer it to be lunch. 
and for it to linger on into the afternoon and then get to bed early. I find that I think that's an age thing. That's the same with me. We're the same. I'd rather do a a barbecue lunch and then by the your dinner becomes a cheese platter. And then Yeah. You roll into bed, you have a hangover at one AM that you don't notice because you're asleep. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It is perfect. We had um, Damien Callanan on uh, not too long ago. Could have been yeah. last episode or two episodes ago. But um, his start was pretty much Skid House. That's where you your TV career started, wasn't it, on Skid House? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I moved to Melbourne. That was a bit over 20 years ago. So I was the only Sydney cast member, and I think what happened, I don't 100% know why I got on the show, I was doing little sketches in James O'Loughlin's show. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a Tonight show on the ABC. And at the same time, Rove started on Channel 9. So there were all these little variety shows that were happening at the same time. And I think they saw my stuff on that and they looked at me and like, oh, wow, he's our age because we were all about the same. We're all late 20s. And I got asked to do it. I'd done a little bit of... Um, comedy festival too so then i moved to yeah i moved to melbourne to do a pilot just did six weeks and then it got picked up and it was literally i said to my housemate i'm moving to melbourne and uh sorry mate um i've got to leave in the next week and packed up my car and i've been in victoria ever since (laughs) was that the biggest choice you made because i i still look back um around that time, as late 90s, I did uh, for six live TV appearances of stand-up yeah. comedy, and they were all based out of Melbourne. There was yeah. nothing nothing from Sydney. And I always look back then thinking, should I have moved to Melbourne at that time? Um, yeah, well, I um, moving was easy because it was that job. I didn't really think about it. Also, I was really young and stupid. I'd only just finished uni and I didn't really have another job. I was just doing comedy. So I was committed to that, to follow it, that adventure as far as it went. So I didn't have any uh, family commitments and I didn't have like a, I didn't have a career that had started that I had to turn my back on. So I just jumped in. But once Skit House finished, moving back to Sydney seemed ludicrous because uh, the art scene was so big and um, and also cost of living was really cheap in Melbourne. You could park your car on the main street in the CBD and the parking didn't cost much, restaurants were less, rent was less, everything was less. But the best thing was I always remember that in Sydney I'd say to people, oh, they'd say, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a comedian. They're like, oh, how come I haven't heard of you? Whereas in Melbourne when people say, what do you do? I'd say, I'm a comedian. They'd be like, Oh, wow, are you a comedian? I went to the comedy festival the other week. My cousin does open mic down at the ESPY and everyone's just really a bit into it. So it just felt like in Sydney I felt like it was a real battle to uh, get things happening, whereas in Melbourne it just seemed like everyone was in it. So it was easy to be immersed in. Yeah, I get get it all the time. Do you know people? Do you know know Carl Barron? (laughs) Do you know Tom Gleeson? Do you know Dave Hughes? said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it make you miserable? (laughs) (laughs) Those successful bastards. Actually, even the other, uh, last week, it was the first night on a ship and I went and sat down at the dining because I wanted to act normal and eat like a restaurant meal. Mm. And there's a couple next to me and this guy, you know, so we start talking and they're like, you know, what do you do? And they always assume that you're on a cruise for a holiday. So it eventually comes out that you're working there. And he goes, oh, oh, I've got a... uh, my uh, my ex brother in law's a comedian. I'm like, oh yeah, who's this? You know, because half the time they they say names. Like, I'd have no idea who the fuck they are. 
Um, and he goes, uh, Chris Franklin. I said, oh, well, finally. Okay, I know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you think back through your whole conversation and you double-check whether you've been polite or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to get back to Chris Franklin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, was, he was moody, that bloke. He's like, not very funny off stage. <laughs> yeah. Tom, what were you doing at uni? Oh, I was doing a science degree. So I was, um, when I started Open Mic, I was about halfway through that. So it was, for me, when I started comedy, it was like, oh, this is it. I found it. Holy grail. I love it. Like most people, when you when it works out and you just do a gig and it, you're like, oh, oh, wow, I might be good at this. So I was pretty happy doing that. Um, but I finished my degree, uh, but only just like, I only just scraped over the line because I was already I was already down at the Harold Park by then doing like emceeing and that kind of thing. The first paid gig I think was at the Harold Park MC for a hundred bucks. That was in nineteen ninety six. I was like, this is the best. Like I'm a student. <laughs> Fuck uni. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was on Oz study anyway, and I'm like, oh, this is a this is cash in hand. I'm like, great. This is better than working at Grace Brothers. So yeah, I'll still the it. same at the moment. Yeah, I know, I know. There's, there's been no changes, yeah. Oh, but, it's um, ludicrous, ludicrous. Yeah, but I was, um, yeah, but as, as you know, back in those days for memory, uh, I think it was pretty standard for like 100 for a support, 120 to MC, 150 to headline, and it was all cash in hand. So yeah. I, I probably managed to squeeze out about two gigs a week when I was at uni, so I was pretty happy. Was that your first gig, Harold Park? Or? Oh, my first gig was at Sydney Uni. Uh, okay. So they had a big thriving scene up at Manning Bar, and that's where oh, Adams, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oz and all the Chaser dudes, and yeah. and Rebecca Diana Murno is another one you'd know in the Sydney scene, and so Sarah Candles another one. So we were yeah. all around there, but I was the first one to venture outside uni to go to the Harold Park Hotel, and I remember all my mates came down from uni, and we were horrified because it was like, oh my, like I was like twenty one, and it's like. How do I make people who are 30 laugh? Oh my <laughs> God, they've got jobs, they've got income. Oh, I can't make all my old study jokes or my uni jokes. And it was it was frightening looking at all these grown adults who were in their late 20s and early 30s. I thought, how am I going to make these people? And I remember being genuinely frightened. It's weird that that perception of when you're younger, having mm. people way older. Like yeah. I remember when I was, you know, maybe sixteen, and you're looking at uh, Midnight Oil playing concerts, and you thought they were way older. And then as you're getting older, that for some reason that starts to meet up, and I'm thinking, shit, they're only like six years older than me. Yeah, I know, or, or a little bit more. Um, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah, that, that perception is so weird. And now you understand when young people are like, oh, fifty, that's old, and it's like, what? Get out of town. Yeah, and it's-, it's not until you get there you're thinking, what a load of shit that is, man. Come on. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, and it's like it's um it catches up with you. Like I've always thought people in positions of authority must be old and wise, and now the Premier of New South Wales is younger than me by about <laughs> almost five years. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah, and not <laughs> wiser either. No. 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 It, I, I, I don't think he does know more than me. Yeah, yeah. So, so same as <laughs> you know, prime ministers when they're, they're starting yeah. to get younger. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, frightening. No, it's, yeah. I know Which when you see you all the kids in Canberra and they're all about the same age as you, it's like, oh, oh, they're just people getting by. Yeah. Oh, I thought <laughs> yeah, they knew something that I didn't know. <laughs> well, you fake it till you make it. I reckon they're in the same situation. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh, they must, must, yeah, you want your advisors to be 
very good, I think. What's it, how did your um, new show go last night, Tom? I haven't seen it yet. The um, What's it called? I should uh, know. Taskmaster. Didn't write it down. Taskmaster. How was it? It went really well. So um, I look around like I'm a bit unusual. No. Uh, a lot of comedians. <laughs> I, I, I read it all. I read all the feedback. It doesn't worry right. me. I'm happy to read it. Um, and And it was like. Hugely positive, you know. There are a few shitheads, but that's pretty normal. And yeah. um, but having said that, like the criticisms were pretty, like, oh, the ad breaks were too long. Well, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> um, oh, it's not as good as the English version. Well, it's been running for fifteen seasons, and we've done one episode, so yeah. You know, neither was the office. Well, it's going to be better. <laughs> like, I mean, what do you expect? But it was largely positive. So uh, we're up and running, which is great. Was there any big people to see it and know what it is? Because you get the lead ups annoying where everyone's trying to tell you what it is going to be or not going to be. And it's like, no, I know exactly what it's going to be. It's fine. I did it. It was great. And and now it's just a matter of everyone finding it. Was there any big highlight moments during the the making of it? It's sort of hard to do it justice, but there was um, there was a task. It's coming up in a future episode where. you had to hang up on someone in your family. You had to ring up a family member and you had to, sorry, you had to make them hang up on you without <laughs> telling them to hang up. And so everyone approached it a different way. But Danielle Walker, who's from uh, North Queensland, she's probably the most, probably the youngest comic in this particular season, probably the most unknown, the newer face. And she was talking to her grandmother and I don't know why, but she decided to <laughs> almost not make sense. She's just going, <laughs> and she's just going, <laughs> like for ages. But while she's doing it, she's horrified because her grandmother is very concerned with Danielle. Like, <laughs> Danielle, are you okay? <laughs> anyway, it was, just broke me. It was just too much. Just she was, and she was like. Desperately trying to get her grandmother to hang up on it, but she was also really, really worried about her grandmother's frame of mind. So it was just, it was too much for me. But there's so many moments like that. That's great. That sounds so fun. Mm. That's. I read a story this morning, this is off topic, but just it, thinking about her talking to her grandma, there's a lady in, do, do you remember the lady who hid in the cupboard in Rockhampton? Did you did you ever hear about that, Darren? Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? She hid for four years. Um, She'd run away from home or something, but there and was living at her boyfriend's house. But she'd committed to this lie for such a long time that for four years she was missing. And they had a guy on uh, like a serial killer on trial for her murder. And because she'd committed to the lie for such a long time, she just stuck with it. Four years. Who fed her? The boyfriend. So she hid in oh. his house and whenever anyone would come over, it said that she hid in the cupboard, which kind of, there was probably a spare room that she sat in, let's be honest. But see, hiding in a cupboard sounds much better. But yeah, right? but this poor dude was on trial. Like, he was a serial killer anyway. But, yeah, and then when they found her, she had to go to court to kind of like for her own murder trial to say, yeah, no, he didn't actually kill me. Here I am. But also, this is from a long time ago, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, I can't remember when. I was just reading it this morning, just figuring out where the fuck I am. When I was was on a comedy festival regional tour and I remember that there were a few comedians, because it was a big news story at the time, had a joke about this particular woman hiding in the cupboard. (laughs) 
and we were doing the Queensland League, so we're getting closer and closer and closer to Rockhampton. And everyone, and there were a few that were refining their jokes. I remember, I'm pretty sure Chris Addison, who's a UK comic, he had some something to do with Harry Potter and being under the stairs and being hidden in the cupboard. That was his angle. But the big laugh came from Michael Chamberlain. And this dates the joke as well. It's like from 20 years ago. Michael Chamberlain, who was another member of Skid House, he, um, his joke was, uh, whatever her name was, she came out of the cupboard and 60 minutes paid her however much, however much money. And Ian Thorpe's thinking, wow, imagine how much money they're going to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> we should tell everyone there's a spoiler alert at the start of this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a did you did you it was a really big joke. It was a we liked watching his joke every night and it was funny. And then in Rockhampton it was like a bomb went off, you know. <laughs> did they love it? Yeah. I wasn't sure if they'd be offended or not. It's a strange place. I was reading about and talking to people about the bulls. We're in town and how they're so You can balls. say it's a strange place now because you're going to be, by the time this goes to where you'll be gone. So yeah, right. I'll be gone. Oh, and I love, like, I'm from the country. I love country people, but this this takes the cake. This the which would have been about the same time the chick was in the in the cover. I just have these visions of her in the cover, just like. Yeah. But the bulls the, in the town, there's all these massive bulls, and apparently spell, all the feminists. That. Well, hang on. Apparently all the feminists are annoyed. I don't even know what a feminist would look like in Rockhampton, but apparently the feminists are annoyed that there's no cows and they're all bulls. So people have been were trying to steal the balls off the bulls. So they've had to insert steel rods inside the bulls' balls to make sure that no one steals them. I've never wanted a set of balls more than coming to Rockhampton. It's like that's a challenge. Oh I know. Life size, life size, are they? I haven't seen them. I'm going to go for a walk, I think, and I'll I'll send you a photo. They must be big, though. There's a few. There's massive bulls on top of whatever that <laughs> fucking building is over there. There's bulls on the roof. It's, it's a big thing here, isn't it? Like when people come out, they sell the kangaroo sacks in the the tourist places, and yeah, turn it into little coin wallets. Yeah. Odd. Yeah, <laughs> or have them hanging off the back of their ute. <laughs> so bad. So it's, oh, it's, so good. It sounds made up, but it's not. It's true. After I um, won the Gold Logie, the first gig I did after that was in a rodeo pen in Rockhampton. They, they had a big, <laughs> a big rodeo ring, and uh, and they converted it into a comedy venue. And there were all these chairs in the in the sound. <laughs> Whatever they have there, sawdust. <laughs> Great. You know, you know that's yeah, that's twice arrived. now. Twice now you've dropped the the gold logie fucking comment. <laughs> but both times, <laughs> I, I've proven how little it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> did you? How did the gig go? Uh, it was not bad actually, but I remember seeing. Yeah, you had to do eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember they said to me, it, "They said to me, now it looks really weird, but trust me, the gig goes well." I'm like, "Okay, well, it has to be trust." Because you walked out, and it was it, it was the yeah the dressed in red. It was the ring, but they sort of put it. They put a stage up and some lights and they darkened it down. I think they had music in there as well. It was out the back of a massive pub. Actually, I don't think it, they might have even sold it recently. But anyway, it was, um, yeah, it was very exciting. It's you were cool. about your reviews before. Cause I just, I, I, on the top of my computer, I've just kept a whole bunch of things yeah. every now and then. I don't know where to put them. So but this is a review when I 
I tried a TV show. This was t- 2013. Yeah. I got a review from a guy called TV Reviewer on a, on a TV website. Wow, this is not good. Sanders brings nothing to a tired, worn-out format except for a no-name guest's horribly poor production values and going and oh, and a gaping hole where the host charisma should be. Um, clearly, the channel were embarrassed, hence the uh, the time slot. I expect and hope this is the last time we see Sanders. He can disappear back into the RSLs and cruise ships where he belongs, knowing that he he at least gave it a go and failed spectacularly. Oh, Darren, do you have that stuck to your computer? I Maybe this is it. your fucking problem. <laughs> You're supposed to do positive affirmations, not reread your negative shit and be miserable every bloody day a lot. But there was so much there was so much more miserable shit than good shit. Yeah, every now and then oh. somebody would post something good, but it's like, holy shit, man. Like, I mean, it doesn't affect me that because these are no name people, but I'm saying, like in Dom's case, you're the same. You're you're out there now, like in a bigger universe of Twitter. And those sort of yeah. things. So, and then there's just so many fucking morons out there. And and that's, I said this to you the other week when I posted a thing on um, uh, to Vanessa the other week. When I posted something on Facebook and Twitter, the difference was Facebook were people that you knew, so it was all positive, and Twitter was all negative comments because nobody knew you, so they were all like, yeah, you know, fuck you, fuck this, you know, you should have done this, and you know, all full of advice on Twitter, but not Facebook. Yes. No. Well, I mean, I I particularly enjoy. Uh, the experts, because experts who know comedy because they've watched it, yeah. uh, remind me a lot of. Um, I had a lecturer in psychology who said that a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I'm a bit of a psychologist myself. I know a bit about you know the way people think." And he said that's like a mechanic, you know, someone watching cars drive past and saying, "Yeah, I'm a mechanic because I've seen a lot of cars drive past my house." <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything, yeah. and it's a bit the same. But so some of the ones that I've been getting, one that I, it's a perennial and this will never go away, is people say you have to lose the canned laughter and then you explain, well, there was an audience there laughing and we recorded them. Um, I I don't really know what to do. Like, they were laughing here. (laughs) I could have asked them to, can you just (laughs) shut up and stop enjoying yourselves because there are people at home who hate their life who think that you're having too much fun. (laughs) Your rhythm would be off anyway. If there was no laughter there... And you're, what, yeah. you're for a comedian. If you're relying on canned laughter, your rhythm would be completely different, and mm. you come you're back, back to Zoom comedy in bloody yeah. COVID times. Ugh. Your comebacks aren't yeah. the same. Your your smart ass quips aren't the same. That's so right. It's it's you need live laughter to make that work. I mean, you could see from the shows during COVID when they didn't have the 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 audience there. Then, my gosh, that was some of those. It's hard, the bottom hard of the barrel. It's a bit too dry. But the other yeah. thing too, and this is like. It, I mean, I just have to accept it. Like, people are always going to comment on canned laughter and I try not to get annoyed by it because it's it's just never going to go away. But the truth is, in Australian TV and actually TV around the world, no one's really used canned laughter since the 70s and there's a reason. It's because to actually edit together laughter and to paste it into an edit takes ages. Mm. It's much easier just to have an audience, let them laugh and record them. It's faster. <laughs> you get it in Make one laugh. You don't have to cut it all together. Even pre-recorded programs, they show to a live audience and just record it because it's easier than pasting in the laughs. So they're kind of, when people say that's canned, they're kind of, I don't think there is any canned laughter on TV at the moment. There's canned laughter live at my show. I, I use canned laughter when I do live. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well that, this is the funny, this right. is the other killer though because 
the way you get canned laughter is you get a microphone, you point it at an audience that's laughing and you record the laughs. And the way you get genuine laughter is you have an audience laughing, you get a microphone and point it at them and record the laughs. So they do tend to sound a bit the same. So <laughs> like if you believe it's canned, it's canned. If you don't believe it's canned, it's not. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Tom, going back to people complaining about stuff, do you respond to your complainers or negative feedback or do you just let it go? Um, I, if, or do you have fun with them and mess with them a little bit? I like to mess with people's heads, but I just sort of don't, like a lot of it I just let go through to the keeper because it's not, especially sometimes if it's just flat out abuse, you're like, oh, you're just clearly trying yeah. to. And, you know, often it's just a 14-year-old going away at the keyboard just trying to react with the world desperately. So I let it go. But sometimes, like there was a really long comment last night about the reason why Taskmaster was going to fail. This is before it went to air, so which I thought was amusing, telling me all the reasons it wasn't going to work. And an expert (laughs) talking about Good News Week and how it was a rip-off of Mock the Week and on and on it went. So And it was really long. And I said, I appreciate your passion, uh, but for starters, Good News Week predated Mock the Week by more than a decade. So... That's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, and I just put that there. And, just, and, then they, and often they reply and they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. I, was, you know, just, <laughs> I had one you guy know. abuse me once and he ended up wanting to write for my show. All oh, right. There you go. I, I, kept, I kept retweeting his tweets, all his abuse tweets. I just retweet it. And he goes, this, I can't believe this dickhead's retweeted my tweet. And I'd retweet yeah. that one. And then by the end, he wrote to me and said, can I write on you? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Well, something I remember when I was a kid, I used to love watching Fast Forward. And um, I remembered sometimes I used to get angry because I thought the punchline at the end of the sketch wasn't good enough. Or I thought a particular sketch was a ripoff of um, Monty Python's Flying Circus or something. Mm. Anyway, I've now since realised if you care about comedy in that much detail, you're probably a comedian. You're not an audience member. Mm. So I'm not surprised that your critic wanted to become a writer. He's probably got his own show now, and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't look it up. It'll, it'll make you too sad, Darren. Be on Channel 10 too, probably. <laughs> you, you've, you've crossed over. You're on multiple networks now, so you're, you're, that's, that's something, yeah. I guess, a bit rare. You're not signed into into a network because it's, a, oh. I guess, a, a, they're, they're shows by production companies and not networks. Yeah, you got it right. And, and I'm sort of always been happy to do shows on other networks, but... I'm perceived to be an ABC employee because Hard Quiz looms large on the ABC, especially with all the repeats and everything. But the truth is, yeah, you're right. A production company makes Hard Quiz. Uh, they hire me and, and we sell it to the ABC. So mm. I'm not an ABC employee. I've ne- ne- never have been. So I quite like moonlighting on other networks. Mm. That all started, you. I think you told me last time I was down in Melbourne. Um, thanks for the lift home too. Um, uh, that you said that because it started off with, you know, the, the hard chat segment um, yeah. on the weekly. That's and, right. And that all came about because you're at a live gig taking the piss out of someone where you got laughs. Yeah, um, it was Warwick Capper. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say the name until you did. No, nah, he doesn't care. <laughs> he, does, he doesn't care about anything. That's why yeah. he's perfect. So he, I was at Southport. Uh, it was a pub gig and it was a really fun gig. I was in the corner. It was one of those, you know, those front bar gigs where they were rammed in. It was really good. But he was sitting at a big table and he's a big presence mm. and he was a bit mouthy and I could see that I wasn't quite the centre of attention. 
I, I, I mean, I had the light on me, but he was also the centre of attention. He was sitting at a big table. He had these uh, two blonde women sitting next to him that were preening themselves, and it was just so. I just thought, oh well, I've got, I've, I've just got to take him down. I've got to mention him, and um, I think uh, I'm just trying to remember. Oh, that's right. I think it was November. That's right. Everyone had a moustache, and I said I walked in and everyone had a moustache. So I forgot it was November for a second there. I thought um, I thought Warwick Capper was making a sequel to his porno. <laughs> and that got a massive laugh. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. and he loved it. And then, um, and then, um, and then some, I can't remember what else happened, but a girl sitting next to him who was blonde and was wearing pink, her name was Barbie and that wasn't made up. So that was all very funny. But I just remembered it was, there was something electric about paying him out to his face, him dealing with it and him coming back at me. It just felt like there was this really beautiful tension. So I thought if I could put that in TV, so that I was doing the same thing to someone's face, mm. then that that would really work. So, because there's this big there's this thing in TV that a lot of people used to say years ago, where don't say a joke about someone unless you're prepared to say it to their face. Yeah. And um, it was a common thing where people would say that's Hamish and Andy's rule, by the way. Hamish and Andy don't make jokes about people unless they're prepared to make it to their face. So I thought, well, what if I could make a horrendous joke to their face? Then that means it's okay. And so, did you have a lot of people? Um contacting you then about getting on the show yeah, well, like when, rather when than you chase started, them they were saying put me on yeah. yeah when it first started it was it was really we were pulling all kinds of favors the first one was nick xenophon but he was a, a politician who was happy to go on anything for publicity we got jackie lambie she was a bit the same uh, someone else yeah anyway a few politicians like that and we're pulling favors then john edwards the um oh yeah the psychic psychic he did it and then suddenly everyone's like oh because he's a bit of a u.s star and then that started to tweak but when it really flipped was when carl stefanovic did it because he he's of that school that he understands if you can laugh at yourself people like you so he just i absolutely hammered him for five minutes and he just (laughs) ate it up but then after he did it it was then it really started to roll and then by the end, all the bands started getting in on it. So yeah. I think um, the Veronicas requested, their record company wanted them to be on. Yeah. And um, I made them sit on the one chair, which was quite good. They fit in <laughs> one chair. <laughs> and when I shook their hands, I shook both their hands. <laughs> Where are you up to next, time, or what's your next project? And are you thinking of, like, do you rustle up your own projects or are people coming to you? Or do you, like, do you have dreams and things that you want to work on or is it just the other way around now? It's a strange feeling because Hard Quiz performs so well and I do really enjoy doing it. Like, it's not a chore. And um, I was one of the co-creators and every time you do it, there's four different contestants and it always comes out different and it's always inspiring. So that's so solid and so much fun. If anything, I'm guilty of not trying to think of something different to do. Taskmaster was just offered to me and I took it because I, I knew the show and I loved the format. Um, but, yeah, and then the Hard Quiz Live Tour, again, that was a no-brainer just because uh, people had been asking for it for a long time. It's not, it's, it doesn't sound that exciting, but I'm looking forward to doing stand-up again because I haven't actually done a live stand-up tour since 2020. So it, I, I want to get back into making up a new show. So once this... Hard Quiz Live thing finishes, which will finish in June in, uh, I think, in uh, Frankston is the last show. Once I've done that, I'll um, probably get busy doing stand-up again. That format's so been the sold ha- overseas, so- hasn't it? Uh, 
the hard quiz format. Yeah, yeah, yeah didn't I has, see like somebody do it in, in Dutch or? Yeah, there's like a Dutch that. version. Yeah. We're still, the key, apparently the key in Europe is getting a French version made because apparently France or Germany, once you get it there, it spreads through Europe. And uh, the dream really would be to have a UK version. And we ha- we do have people over there. They're the ones who, it's uh, they're called Hat Trick Productions. They're the ones who made Have I Got News For You, which we which is what Good News Week was in Australia. So hopefully someone over there will pick it up. That'd be great. You know what we have actually done is um, it's a it's coming up in this new series. We actually did an Ashes episode, um, but it's and the idea is it's Australia, me versus England, which is all the contestants. So we've got four English contestants. So it's a bit of fun, and I deliberately didn't make any Australia centric jokes. But it's a but we're we're going to send it to England to say, oh, look, this yeah. is what the show would look like yeah. if I hosted an English version. So <laughs> yeah. in the back of my mind, I yeah. sort of think if we could send, it's probably cheaper for us to fly English contestants to Australia, shoot it, and yeah. then sell that version to the UK. That would be cool. But um, but that's just a again. There's enough backpackers uh, here. I think you'll find that. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, wait till the Barmy Army come out. You'll have an endless supply. No, you're right. Yeah, I probably don't have to fly anyone anywhere. Just uh, open the front door and they'll walk in. What? What is? Now, what, I've read before that you you had a part in Sophie Monk getting a gig on the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. Bachelorette. Well, well, she did the hard chat segment, and halfway through the hard chat segment, she said, "She said I'm desperately single at the moment," and I was like, "Oh," and that was one thing that got mentioned, and then. I made a joke about saying you were on Pop Stars. Do you wish you were on a reality show that people actually remember and enjoy? Yeah. And she goes, and she said, yeah, I'd like to be at The Bachelorette. Oh. And I was like, ha, we were laughing about it. And I'm like, I don't think they have celebrity bachelorettes. That's not how it works. Yeah. And uh, we had a laugh about it. And that clip, uh, that was the first one to go, like, right through the roof. Like, the next day it had a million views. Like, it just went huge. Mm. And... Three weeks later, Channel 10 announced that she was the Bachelorette. So it was also, I never watched The Bachelorette except for when she was on it. I love her. I love because I'm a bogan. And so I yeah. love, you know, I just love that she is who she is. That she was so funny watching here. her dating. She lives up the Does road. She, here, I thought she was on the Goldie. Yeah. No, no, she's up on the Central Coast somewhere. Tom, can you give her a plug and get her on the show? That's a good <laughs> idea. I'll, I'll send her yeah. a text. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's just up the road. I think you're right. Is she yeah. still desperately single? Her and I can go hunting no, together. No, she's um. Did she? No, she didn't fall in love off the Bachelorette, though, did she? No. no. No, she's now married to a person, and it wasn't a TV show. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> a human person. She just met a person in real life and married them, and it wasn't a TV show. Mm. She's amazing. Losing- I don't know. So old, so old school. <laughs> That's what happens when agents don't get involved with your relationship. Yeah. Like set, you, set you up with somebody to. To walk the red carpet with, you know, but no, she, she still posts a good lot on of her. stuff on um, Instagram, so I see her little clips on there. Yes, but yeah, no, yes. she'd be a good get. So, see what influence Tom has. Yeah, I'll put in a word. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, it's funny actually. She wouldn't mind me saying this. When I got her to do hard chat, so this is you got to think back. It's like 2016, I think. Hmm. She wasn't really on anything. Yeah. In fact. I had done a Daniel Morecambe Foundation charity gig as a favour to her. She was the MC, and she's heavily involved in that uh, charity. And then afterwards she goes, oh, thanks, mate, so much for doing the gig. 
I'll do anything for you. If you, if you, I owe you now. So if you want me to do anything, I'll do it. I'm like, cool. And I went back to work. And this was the early days of Hard Chat where we were really struggling to get guests. So, I, you know, we're just pulling all the, um, you know, just all the strings to try to get anyone involved. And we couldn't think of anyone. And this is my, maybe a week later. And I went to, I talked to the production crew and I said, oh, you know what? <sighs> Sophie Monk said she'd do it. And they were like, Ugh. and I was like, yeah, I know. It <laughs> has been. Fuck, surely, surely we can do better than that. Uh, you know what? She'll turn up. Fuck it. We don't have anyone else. Let's just get her. Who knows? Might be good. And I'm not, it was such an afterthought and yeah. she did it and fucking caned it and it was the best one we ever did. But it was complete luck. It was like, oh, I guess we'll get her. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the same rough. way. And then she went straight back up into the... You know, it's the same way movies right. get made, TV gets made. There's always yeah. someone going, no, no, no. Somebody then has the, oh, fuck it, we'll do it. And then yeah. in the end they'll go, yeah, see what we did? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Well, it, it was a complete afterthought. Yeah. And I was, um, you know, I, I've always liked Sophie, but she wasn't, at the time, she wasn't like, I mean, she wasn't a good get. You know, she yeah. it was we didn't even say coming up on the show tonight, Sophie Monk. This is like 2016, <laughs> Embarrassed. Yeah. No, she'd, she'd had the whole, she'd had her run in LA and all the rest of it. She wasn't really on any TV shows. And then and then the Bachelorette happened and then off she went again, yeah, or, or took off again. Mm. Well done. I thought the favour was going to be to get her on here, but you've already used all your favours up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all out of favours now. But, yeah, she's a genuine star, yeah. so it's great to see her back. Yeah. Well, it's down to earth. Well, when you, when you hear her talk, it's none of that. I mean, it's, we had... Deborah Hutton on here. She's the same. Like there's that type of person out there who are just down to earth and say it how it is, really. Yeah, which is good. And yeah. also, she's a great, she's a great, um, great reactor. She listens to what you're saying and she responds. You know, some people, you know, give an answer to a question you didn't ask. She's not like that. She actually engages with what you're saying, which was why she's so fun. I was just yeah, trying to think great. of a, an answer that to a question that you didn't know. <laughs> Slow down now. <laughs> Twenty-seven. That would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, look, I got to. Uh, I guess thank you uh, for coming on and, and spending uh, your morning because I know you're flat out, man. You got so much on. It's unbelievable. Oh no worries. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Vanessa. Yeah, really nice to meet you, Tom. Appreciate your time. You two will probably cross paths somewhere at a festival some somewhere. Oh, are you going to be at the Adelaide Fringe, Vanessa? Yeah, I am. I'm at the Howling Owl. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, I'm doing Perth next Saturday. No one knows my name, though. So my um my show for Melbourne Comedy Festival, I'm at the Athenaeum, like in the smaller room. But, yeah. like, when you click on the ticket link, it's got, like, Akamal, you know, Nurse Georgie Carroll, all these big names, and then... I just go under the show title, Teardrops on My Dildo. No mention of my name, nothing. I'm just going to be the dildo girl for the rest of my life, <laughs> which is going to be a bit awkward when I'm old. But that room, oh. that room's a great room too. Like that smaller yeah. room is it's oh, t- about I'm, 300, I think. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not complaining about that. I'm not yeah. sure if it's decked out the way it used to. It, had the big, it was a high ceiling, had the big long curtains. and yeah. I haven't been um, there since I was, was a teenager. Deep, but, yeah. No, yeah, I love it. Yeah, Athenaeum too, they call it. Yeah, you'll love yeah. it. Yeah. When are you at the when are you in Adelaide? I'm there for the first three weeks. So 
if, if you're at the Howling Owl at that time, I'll, I'll probably see you because I do like going to that venue. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I love it. I love Adelaide. All right. Well, so I'll there you go. There. Catch all your, see catch you all your details um, on, on their websites, you know. Vanessa's got a website. <laughs> Tom's got a website there. I got a website. There's no gigs on there, but don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> We're just going to end with a little bit more miserable, Darren. <laughs> I've done. I'm going to send I've you some nice Melbourne comments Festival. to be able to stick on your computer to I've cheer you up. I've done the Melbourne Festival. Uh, it was yeah. 2000, though. It was a long time ago. Well, there you go. I don't think you should call it the Coast Show. You should call it Miserable Darren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miserable Darren featuring upbeat Vanessa. Yeah. I'm just going to take on a Tom Gleason role and just give you shit the whole time, Darren. <laughs> Fucking cheer up, cunt. I'll take it like a bit. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, that's the first time you dropped that word. We're going to need Vanessa. Sorry, that just it's came a classy out. Show, I'm in Rockhampton. <laughs> I can say whatever I want here. I'm going to go bull ball hunting. I'll let you know how I go. All right. Have Thanks fun. a lot. Thanks for having me on. No Thanks worries. so much, Tom. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. See you later.